0: Two teen stars make waves in politics, the alleged grooming of Millie Bobby Brown, and how the naughties contributed to the
1: hypersexualization of young celebrities. We're Jasmine and Maggie and you're listening to Culture Club, our weekly chat about pop culture, current affairs, the internet and our lives. We acknowledge that the Wurundjeri
0: and Boon people are the traditional custodians of the land upon which we live, work and record this podcast.
1: We would like to pay our respects to Elders past, present and emerging. Always was, always will be Aboriginal land.
0: We are coming to you live today from Lockdown 5.0. It's the best one in the series. (laughs) Last week you were in isolation and I was freeze bird, having brunch. Now, Mm -hmm. day two of our snap lockdown. This feels normal. This
1: is life now. You've joined me in the trenches. Mm -hmm. Welcome. Mm -hmm. This is actually lockdown six for me. Don't want (laughs) to brag. But, yeah, I feel like most of our listeners around Australia are probably also stuck in lockdown. So sending you love. Hopefully you will well.
0: new company on your government-sanctioned walk. Mm-hmm. I don't know about you, but I feel like every lockdown we have, my mental health gets worse and worse. Last time I think my mental health was a little bit worse because my birthday was cancelled, but oh. I bring it up in every episode. I know, <laughs> literally. Well,
1: no, it is horrible. I, w- I don't blame you. Um,
0: but this lockdown has also been quite hard. But you have been in the two week isolation as well. And you were basically alone um, when you were in Sydney. So what are some ways that you've been helping your mental health?
1: Yeah. I mean, I was going to say a negative thing about it first, which is in over a month, I have like touched one person. I've had like one hug in like a month, which is a long time not to have human connection like that. But there are some good things. There are also a lot of bad things as well. Like I was kind of I was kind of cringe last night and on Instagram I asked, I was like, what's something good in your life recently, which kind of felt girl bossy, like mm, productivity, whatever, like fake positivity stuff. But it is kind of nice having potentially something to look forward to or something that you're hashtag grateful for. Ugh. I said that ironically. I feel like I need to just put that out there. Um, but for instance, today I got changed out of clothes I was wearing for like mm, 36 hours. So I don't know how you do that. So you slept in the same
0: clothes and you woke up and you were in the same
1: clothes. Yeah. It was in pajamas. So like, you know, got into pajamas at like, let's say 6 PM on a Friday and then got out of them like Sunday, 10 AM you know, (laughs) gross. (laughs) Um, But I'm in a dress. so (laughs) Everything's better now. But um, apart from that, I've been trying to be good. And, you know, I feel I I feel so eye rolly saying this, but, you know, like staying in contact with people or doing yoga. I think my main thing, which I'm hating is that A lot of the things I'm doing to keep myself a bit more sane require me to look at a screen. So if Mm. if that's watching a TV show, FaceTiming someone, even yoga on YouTube, which I'm, yeah, which is a downside to this. But what about you?
0: I had a really bad day yesterday and was like playing Sims and just like in my bed all morning. And then I was like, nah, stuff this. And I got up and I went for a run. And actually, half of the run was in the rain. It's very main, main character energy. Um, feel the rain on your skin, like that kind of mm-hmm. you know therapeutic <laughs> stuff. So that was really good in turning my mental health around for the rest of the afternoon. Mm. And I was saying in our group chat this morning that I feel like the the mornings are the worst. I don't know about anyone else, but but when you get into a groove of things, mm. like you eat some food or have a coffee or whatever, it tends to feel better. So. Afternoons and evenings, lockdown's easy, but mornings I'm like, stuff, this is so Where's the
1: opposite? Really? <laughs> I was going to bed and being like, there is nothing to look forward to. Like, I don't want to do this. <laughs> and then when I wake up, I'm like, oh, it's like sunny. I get to make my coffee, which is like highlight. There's some sunlight in the morning. I get to take it slow um so that was nice wow interesting and i also
0: deleted tiktok off my phone yesterday oh. which i feel like is big for me because i love tiktok oh my god but i just noticed it was like more negatives than positives so mm. that's time to take a step back i think
1: that's that's good of you i got my first like tiktok sponsored ad by them being like are you scrolling too much like take some time off <laughs> and i was like okay like oh that hurt hacked. <laughs> i know Well, if
0: anyone else has like other tools they've been using during this time to get through, maybe some like different ones that are a bit unique would be interesting to hear.
1: And like to make you feel better as well. It's not just us feeling this, it's Olympic athletes as well. So this week, Liz Cambage, star Aussie basketballer, um, became the second athlete to pull out of the spotlight in recent weeks um, because of mental health problems. So she followed Naomi Osaka, who did this recently as well.
0: Yes. In a statement, Liz said, it's no secret that in the past I've struggled with my mental health and recently I've been really worried about heading into a bubble Olympics. No family, no friends, no fans, no support system outside of my team. It's honestly terrifying for me. The past month I've been having panic attacks and not sleeping and not eating. Do you think that these athletes, high profile women saying this, are helping to normalize mental health as a legitimate reason to quit or take time out or have a break?
1: I think so. Again, like I am so not well-versed or versed at all in the sports world, but from an outsider's perspective, I think we put these women on such a pedestal, like, wow, what strong, incredible women. And they still, and I'm not negating that, like they are such strong, incredible women. And it's really awesome to see them admit their struggles as well. I feel like it definitely normalizes it for Mm. the rest of us normal people. We're like, well, they're, feeling the pressure too and I feel like sometimes we idolise these people and forget that they they have struggles too. So Liz started her statement um, saying that, you know, winning Olympic gold was one of her biggest slash is still one of her biggest dreams, Um, yet she's um, making the decision to step away from that, which I think we can all learn from.
0: Mm, Because she knows it's like not the right time. Mm. How do you feel? No, I feel the same way.
1: I think it's incredibly
0: brave to do, and especially as, like, women of colour, which both of them are. Yeah. Good point. Yeah. Good for them. Good for her. Thank you for making us feel less alone.
1: It's been a massive week for Gen Z American politics, hasn't it? So both Olivia Rodrigo and TikTok star Addison Rae have been spotted with US politicians on different ends of the political spectrum. I think this is such a strange segment for us to be talking about this week, and you'll see why. So Olivia made waves at the White House with President Biden as she encouraged young people to get vaccinated, while footage of Addison revealed her approaching disgraced former President Donald Trump at a UFC fight in Las Vegas. In the clip, we
0: see the 20-year-old approach Trump saying, Hi, I'm Addison. Nice to meet you. Oh,
1: should we just play the clip? We're going to play the clip because she's such a fangirl and I think people need to hear that. Big buddy, get the fuck out of the room. I'm Addison. <laughs> I, have to, I have to say hi. Hello. Oh. Like, Big buddy, you know? Nice to meet you. Like, buddy, you know? <laughs> Addison Ray exposed.
0: So you first sent this to me on Instagram and seemed shocked by it. I think your um, caption that with the message was all in capitals. Um, what do you think of Addison going up to Trump?
1: It was so gross. Wasn't it gross? I don't know. I, I think I was just like, Addison, what are you doing, babe? Like she's obviously being filmed. This is a public event. She knows people are going to see this. She's not like stupid. She knows she's someone of... A profile and she's approaching bloody Donald Trump like what else like what is she thinking it was really um strange for me as someone who I think you know she has her dramas but she's built her profile off being the girl next door like Mm. smiley beautiful girl who just like does her little dances and now she's decided to make a big quite a big statement by doing this
0: Mm, yeah, it's a very um, squeaky clean image almost. Even compared to like Charlie and Dixie, okay, now we're talking about TikTok stars, but yeah, I think even compared to those girls, like she's definitely trying to be, not trying to be, she does seem like a very sweet girl. But yeah, this was a strange move for someone who is so in the public eye.
1: I don't know. This also made me like look at her family a little bit different because I was like just picturing her and her mum. I'm like, oh yeah, like they give me such Trump vibes now, <laughs> and like that's just probably because they're rich. Okay, that's that's literally just just that. But I don't know. You seem not that shocked or phased by this. Not really. I think
0: that it could have been nerves. Like the way she says it reminds me of like when you see someone you admire in public or um. You see a celebrity or something and you get really flustered and, like, I just have to say hi, like, oh, because they're famous. Um, Even though he's infamous, he's still famous. Like, it's in the name. And he was a celebrity before he was a politician. I think this is a good example of when celebrity and politics mix. Like, if he was a politician who had risen through the ranks and, like, somehow made it to become president, then I don't think Addison would have approached him in the same way. I also don't think she would have been able to. I think it would have been harder to approach him.
1: So that's where I kind of want to differ there because I do agree about that celebrity factor to an extent. So Addison is 20 years old. I am 22 years old. I have no memory or, you know, it's not even talked about in pop culture, like Trump's time in the celebrity sunlight. Like that's not part oh really his image as much that's so interesting because for me it is i remember him being
0: like around ish on celebrity apprentice in the zeitgeist and um i've seen some documentaries or something where he was like the head of miss universe so like oh my god yeah do you remember that he was like in charge of miss universe america
1: no? Okay, so zero memories, but it also could be very much a Maggie thing. So I'd love <laughs> people to, like, other Gen Zs, um, to please let me know if this is a Maggie thing or more of a Gen Z thing, because sometimes I just miss, <laughs> I miss important cultural, cultural moments. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, that's my opinion. I think because
0: she, he is so famous and well known that she felt the need to introduce herself but some people have expressed a disappointment on twitter um in- tweets include not addison ray being one of the biggest performative activists last summer and now her willingly going up to trump to introduce herself and talk to him another one said so addison ray just had to say hi to trump but she's not a supporter okay
1: and my favourite one um, that kind of goes against your thing of you being like, you know, she's nervous, he's a celebrity. Um, this t- this tweet read, oh, sorry, I'm like really going for you, Jazz. <laughs> like really, yeah, we're, we're trying to start some beef, get them numbers up for the <laughs> podcast. Cool. Anyway, we we do have a glass of wine each.
0: Maggie slams Jasmine.
1: <laughs> Daily Mail article coming out next. So the tweet read, she ain't even have to go up to him too. Everybody else was seated, but she had to fangirl. Went up to him, grinning from ear to ear, talking about, it's nice to meet you.
0: Mm. Well, I don't agree with it. I'm just saying that, like, I think some of the reactions have been, like, a bit much. Um, But I think she's in the public eye as well, so people are able to you know, have their opinion and dissect it and dissect her actions. And we all know, like, these days that actions mean so much. So mm. I do also see, like, the side of, like, she just shouldn't have done it or she didn't have to, like, do it at that point. Like, Trump is sitting watching the fight. It's um, so, like they're passing by in a hallway or something, you know. Like, it's very obvious she's gone up to him. So, mm. yes, yeah, so that was one aspect of Gen Z celebrity
1: politics. And what was the other Yes. So on Wednesday, our fave pop princess, Olivia Rodrigo, met with President Biden and COVID officer Dr. Fauci to encourage young people to get the jab because it's actually available to under 40s. Isn't that good for you (laughs) slash them?
0: In something that sounds straight up out of the Hunger Games, Dr. Fauci said Olivia is exactly the type of trusted messenger that young people need to help persuade them to get the vaccine bit weird, but okay. In the US, 2.6% of 12 to 15 year olds and 7.8% of 18 to 24 year olds are fully vaccinated compared to nearly triple the number of 25 to 39 year olds and 14% of 40 to 49 year olds. So I think this is a great initiative from the US government to boost vaccine rates. It was a bit of a surprise. When I first sent you like the tweets mm-hmm. and stuff that were coming through you thought it was fake right or you thought it was a joke
1: oh yeah no 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 like an snl skit TikTok. Yeah, yeah, yeah i thought it was like she was edited um with this background and i was just like like what is this and then i was like oh my goodness no this is real um but i do agree with you like i think it is a good initiative do you think she got paid <gasps> that's a good question i don't think so do you reckon i'm intrigued I think she might have. But I that doesn't tell her time well, because,
0: because. – And she's like one of the biggest pop stars in the world. So like her time is precious and expensive. I want to Google that. Let's see. So when we Googled it, it says like the singer stopped by and the arranged meeting is in an effort to encourage young people to get vaccinations – it seems like very off the cuff, even though this would have like taken a while to organize. I think
1: mm. this probably would have been Same. in action since like her album came out. I reckon. I just find it interesting that she's the one like in the White House meeting. They're like, you know, pulling up different celebrities. Addison Ray was probably on the list that they might have approached, but they're like, oh yeah, let's go with Olivia. Why do you think her? Um,
0: I think because she sits at the intersection of mass popularity where, you know, 20 somethings in Australia know and love her. Um, but she is also a Disney star who still has that squeaky clean persona going on. Like even though some of her songs swear or whatever, she hasn't done, um, like a Miley for example, yet of claiming her sexuality and like. You know, she's still quite. She looks like a high schooler. Like she's 18. She's quite young, even though she wore massive platform shoes, which bad styling choice. But anyway,
1: why don't you like it? I loved her
0: outfit. I love her stylist. Mm-mm. I love the vintage Chanel, but I don't know the platforms and the socks. She looked uncomfortable. In them. She yeah.
1: wears things like that quite a lot. So it's like a preppy schoolgirl kind of and also quite sexy. Like I would say that some of her outfit choices are quite sexualized. So I've sent you a few where she's in like little plaid skirts and like mm. coarse like busty corsets and things like that. Um, which look really cute. Um, but I, I'm I'm just a little bit worried because people you know oh no, I'm looking sorry, just want to go back to her white platform shoes. No, I'm not a fan, I am so sorry. I back here, <laughs> sorry. Wow, fake news. Fake news. Yeah, she looks uncomfortable. They're, like, a very high.
0: Yeah. There were some weird takes from older journalists being, like, who even is Olivia? Like, so embarrassing for them. It's not edgy to not know who the most famous teen pop sensation is. Like,
1: mm-hmm. you're not any
0: cooler because you don't know who, like, the number one American pop star is. I don't know. I get misogyny from that, but anyway.
1: Well, I was going to say, if it reeks of it.
0: Mm. So we've spoken a lot about American politics and teenagers in the White House, but I wanted to ask you, who do you think would get to go to Parliament House in Canberra to tell young people to get vaccinated if we actually had the vaccines?
1: Oh, my God, lol, if we actually had the vaccine is a good <laughs> good add-on there. I feel like I'd probably get inspired unemployed type boys. You oh, my know? gosh, that's who I thought of first as well. Really? twenty. Mm-hmm. That's exactly who I thought of.
0: But, like, who more mainstream – I mean, they're pretty mainstream, but, like, I was thinking, like, which – I feel like we have a lot of, like, millennial mm-hmm. pop like, stars, Delta like Good Delta Gym. and Guy Sebastian all those idol people, Jess Maboy. Um, but who would be, like, repping Gen Zed, um in Australia? I actually can't think of anyone. Maybe, like, Kid Leroy. But he's in the U.S., like, singing songs with Justin Bieber anyway, so.
1: I don't even know who that is. <laughs> Yeah, fire me, honestly. I'm not even going to pretend. Like a musician, I get that from the name.
0: (laughs) Yeah, he is um, a rapper from Sydney and he is actually Indigenous and he is now on a song with Justin Bieber and he's like living in LA.
1: I love that. Thank you for telling me today. (laughs) You learn something new every day.
0: So they probably get him or I don't even know. I would want Flex Mummy to do it. I know. She'd be the best. Rocking up in some, like, blazered, fluoro
1: pink outfit, being like, get your vaccine. Well, my thing is I don't even think she'd even, like, turn up to Parliament. Like, she could just live stream from her from her house, you know. <laughs> Very cool. Um, imagine. Unless, and instead we get, like, the shittiest ad of all time. That's traumatic. So, yeah. Yeah.
0: But it is true that Americans do see their politicians as celebrities, though. Like when we were researching the segment, I definitely thought of like Kamala on the cover of Vogue US, um, and I had a little look to see if we've had anything equivalent. The only cover I could find of Julia Gillard were Women's Weekly, Stella Magazine, or Women's Day, etc. And then for obviously current Prime Minister Scott Morrison. The only one I could find was the Financial Review.
1: Also, but- thank God. Thank God, <laughs> yeah, <that>. because
0: I <laughs> – Scott Morrison on the cover of Vogue. Like, <laughs> <laughs> But I think it's important to not glorify politicians in the way that Americans do because mm-hmm. at the end of the day, in our democracies, they are paid by us ta- taxpayers. They're not there for our entertainment, or they shouldn't be there for entertainment, even though I love, like, Batuta articles shooting on Scott Morrison. At the end of the day, they're doing a job versus taking photos with Olivia Rodrigo and aviator
1: sunglasses. I don't oh, know. no, 100%. The way that we kind of commodify politicians as not just celebrities, but as yeah as like media personalities and we kind of value that sometimes more than their actual policies or what they stand for or what they're actually doing is just so dangerous that's why people just like froth Obama without fully understanding his politics or whatever and I think that is where it leans into dangerous territories and like it's so cringe looking at Scotty from marketing's marketing plan and he's just like trying to take selfies with his little like dog or whatever and we're like shut up so (laughs) it doesn't always work that's the thing um so yeah I second what you said Mm.
0: the only one I could think of off the top of my head was Grace Tame she graced the cover of Marie Claire earlier this year um and she's obviously not a politician but she's a campaigner and like in the political sphere so like maybe she's our closest kind of like
1: icon at the moment in that way do you think Yeah, I was just thinking as well, um, Chanel Contos, who is the um, Sydney-based student, high school student, who um, has done a lot of work in high school sex education reform. She kind of did a profile shoot for Side Note, which is like an upcoming publication. And that was really, really beautiful. um, And they styled her up really lovely. Um, And I find that interesting as well, because I think these women have had their profiles built on their personal stories and trauma so it makes sense i guess to profile themselves and uplist themselves as Mm. a person rather than like a politician totally
0: before we get into our next segment we would just like to put a content warning here for sexual coercion abuse and grooming Millie Bobby Brown, a beloved teen actress known for her roles in *Stranger Things and Enola Holmes, has been the talk of a grooming allegation this past week. TikTok star, if you even want to call him a star, we've never heard of him before, Hunter Echo Ekimovic said in an Instagram live stream that he, quote, groomed her while smiling. During the stream, he also made a series of comments alluding to sexual acts he performed with Millie and that he lived in her house for eight months and that her mum and dad knew about everything. He also said that everything he did was completely legal and that he will never apologise. Funnily enough, it wasn't legal
1: and he did apologise. So yes, in a follow-up apology, he said the live stream should have never happened in the first place And, quote, I never groomed her. I never put pressure on her to like me, he said, clearly not understanding the definition of grooming.
0: I actually stumbled upon this live stream on TikTok, not actually live, like someone had screen recorded it and re-uploaded it, and I actually felt physically sick. Like I wasn't even sure if I wanted to talk about this this week because I felt so sorry for Millie and so sick by what he was saying and the way he was saying it and what he was saying about her oh my god some
1: of the details it goes into graphic details about this poor girl who is 16 yeah so she's 17 years old now but the reason why we're having this conversation is because these photos emerge of hunter and her like kissing and hugging um, which were thought to be taken when she was 16 and he was 20
0: Yeah, and this isn't the first time that this stuff has come up against Millie. Um, The celebrity has been publicly friends with Drake since they met when he was 30 and she was 13. And there's been some drama that's kind of stuck with Drake, in my opinion. Like, I know a lot of people say this about him still. Um, He was sending her gross texts saying that he misses her, which, I don't know, like you could say it was in like a – When you read the text, it's not in that way, but, like, having an older person, maybe, like, an uncle or, like, an older friend vibe, but, like, those texts definitely were not that vibe. Like, they were just not needed, especially for a young girl in the public eye who's probably already very, like, vulnerable.
1: Well, I think it's interesting because people defending Drake's actions, saying it's harmless, I feel like reflects a little bit on Hunter's own mindset. So him being like, you know, like, I never pressured her. I think his mindset is reflected also in a lot of young people that, you know, age doesn't matter. Um, But legal ages are a thing for a reason. Um, Like a lot of comments on the live stream said, Millie is literally a child. Yeah, it's disgusting. And especially with the Drake thing, she was even more of a baby. Um,
0: but Millie's team sent a statement to TMZ that read, Mr. Ekimovic's remarks on social media are not only dishonest, but also are irresponsible, offensive, and hateful. Instead of engaging in a public discourse with him through the press or on social media, we are taking action to ensure that he stops his behavior once and for all. I'm very glad about that. She should sue him for everything he's worth, which probably not much. Um <laughs> little shit. Sorry. I'm getting so angry. I'm like, I yeah. feel like I want to protect her. Like she's oh god. But a lot of the discourse I've seen on TikTok has been also directed towards her parents because apparently they knew this was going on. They knew that he was an older yeah. guy, that he was living with them, um, kind of leeching off her in that way. So it's been good to see the parents also called out for this, especially off the back of all the Britney Spears "Free Britney" situation that's going on at the moment.
1: It's so hard because I even think just like my high school experience, like conversations like these are so normalized. I have like distinct memories of when me and my friends were all in year nine, and like the cool thing would like to do would be like, oh my god, like those year eleven boys, right? They were like <gasps> so. Drawworthy or whatever. Um, and people just think it's so cool to be dating someone older. So I wouldn't put it past Millie as a teenager to, you know, be like, Oh, but it's so fine. Like I love him. Like, you know, it's so cool that I'm dating an older person. But yeah, that's where her parents need to step in where the law has stepped in. Um, and you know, stop it in an article for US today called How We Failed Millie
0: Bobby Brown by. Alia E. Dustikir. It says, quote, His live stream continues the trend of sexualizing a girl who until recently was considered under the age of consent in most states. At 13, Brown was put on W Magazine's list of Why TV is Sexier Than Ever, and grown men online have frequently commented on her looks. A GQ profile from 2016 called her a very grown up child and remarked on the appearance of her legs.
1: The article continues. Hypersexualization is considered the price girls and women have to pay for visibility, says Juliet Williams, a professor of gender studies at the University of California, Los Angeles. It reinforces their positioning as sexual objects and makes their objectification feel natural and legitimate. So, this conversation. I feel like
0: this is getting a lot of very warranted press backlash he's being called out he's probably going to get sued um which is great and as it should be because this is so wrong but this also isn't new like i remember in the 2000s the way young women and girls were sexualized was just so gross um in the article Mm -hmm. it also mentions in 2004, before mary Kay and Ashley Olsen were about to turn 18, there were websites featuring clocks counting down until they became legal. And Natalie Portman, who was also sexualized in a lot of her early roles, shared during the Women's March that a countdown was started on my local radio show to my 18th birthday, euphemistically
1: the date that I would be legal to sleep with. So horrific. Natalie also had this interview that she did where she opened up and said, like, because she was so sexualized at a young age, she felt that her own sexuality was taken from her, which is just really heartbreaking to hear.
0: Yeah, I totally agree with that. Like, that's not a surprise because I think sexuality is something so unique and precious and, like, personal, obviously, that to have that kind of ripped apart or... Do you have someone, like, I feel familiar so much in the way of, like, trusting someone. Like, she obviously trusted this guy. Mm. He lived in a house. And then to have him share, like, intimate details to the world on a live stream when he's drunk. Like, that poor girl just, it honestly makes me want to cry. So, yeah. Mm. I also, do you remember, like... Back in the day when you were five, (laughs) (laughs) when Hilary Duff was dating Joel Madden from Good Charlotte. So I don't remember this. I'm so sorry. But tell me. So Hilary Duff, obviously Lizzie McGuire, was 16 when she began dating Joel Madden from Good Charlotte, who was 24 at the time. Their relationship lasted for three years. She said in a recent Cosmo interview that she lost her virginity to him, or at least insinuated it by saying... I was with a 26 year old man, make of that what you will basically, which at the time it wasn't really a big deal. I remember being like, Oh, Hillary and good. My sister loves good Charlotte. So we mm-hmm. would listen to them a lot. And I remember being like, Oh, Hillary and the guy for good Charlotte are together. Like, yeah, that seems normal. But like, can you imagine Maggie if last year came to you <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, I've been seeing this guy. We met through friends. Like we met at a party or whatever. Um, and you're like, Oh, cool. Like, yeah. How old is he? And I was like, He's 16. Oh my God. What would you say to me? Like, that's wrong, isn't it? That's so wrong.
1: I would sit you down and have a stern talking to you, young lady, (laughs) or the police. (laughs) Honestly, because when he was legal, when he was 18, she would have been 10, right? That is disgusting and I understand as people age and are of age you know someone who's 30 years old can date a 40 year old there's there's a difference there when you're like a fully formed adult when your brain is actually formed um not when you're 16.
0: No and I feel like even at 18 there's a difference yeah. so like Billy Eilish and Olivia Rodrigo have both been spotted with older men recently um Olivia Is now dating Adam Faze, who's a 24 year old producer. And Billy is reportedly dating 29 year old actor Matthew Tyler Voss, who has had a pretty sketchy internet past. And that's also all over TikTok at the moment. People are dunking on (laughs) Billy. And I'm like, no, we're not doing this. We're not building a, you know, star up to be the best of the best and then ripping her down. We're not going to do that anymore. Um, but there has been some discourse around like, his homophobic tweets or racism i haven't looked too deeply into it it's not what we're talking about so do you think this this is different to millie's situation like is it different when people are over 18 even though they're still teenagers
1: so my head says that yes, it is different, which I agree with. And my, my heart backs that, I guess. But, what, but what I am thinking is that I've got to trust, I guess, the legal laws here and to say that yes, because they are 18, they are of age, that this is consensual and that these are, yeah, consenting adults. And, that's okay because that's what the law says but there is a part of me that still is wary about it I'm like you know when you're 18 dating like a 29 year old or whatever like there is a big difference there and I say that as a very young person I'm bloody 22 but I know the difference like you know there's so much growth that happens each year but I don't know you have an interesting expression in your face (laughs) I'm just I'm I'm wary but I'm like okay with it because I'm like Mm. you know these are adults now that's a good way to put it. That's a good way to put it. Um, I'm making that
0: face because when I was 19, I was casually dating a um, 31-year-old.
1: Oh, my God, Jazz. I don't even know (laughs) 31-year-olds. I have never met anyone that's 31. I have never (laughs) met. I'm joking.
0: (laughs) But. Um, And I was over 18 and it didn't feel wrong. It felt a bit, like, scandalous because he was Mm. so much older. It was like, I'm seeing an older man. But, like, it was legal um, mm-hmm. and a short-lived fling kind of thing. So also, like, the Olivia Rodrigo thing was also interesting to me because a lot of people on TikTok were like, stay away from her. Like, she's a baby. Like, she's not really. Like, she is an adult. I was just saying, like, five minutes ago that she's, like, a teenager and she's so, she's so little going to the White House. <laughs> but, like, she is – Legal, um, and five, four or five years difference in my opinion isn't that much. But I also have okay. a four-year age gap with my boyfriend right now, so I was nineteen twenty is- when he was twenty-four.
1: Okay, sorry, this is really random. Um, I just want to pull you back on this, but in hindsight, you looking back at your nineteen when you were nineteen years old and in that relationship with a thirty-one-year-old, do you feel any different now?
0: Relationship is a um oh more so more sorry casual fling. <laughs> Yeah, um, not really, to be honest. Mm. I I was having fun and I do think if it, like, he broke off, whatever it was, because he felt like I was too young, even though I was legal, mm-hmm. you know, like once mm-hmm. it started mm-hmm. progressing a bit more. Oh, my God, this is so personal. <laughs> this is
1: so personal,
0: Jazz. But whatever. Um, so, no, but also in saying that, I had a very – I was very lucky to experience, like, I had a boyfriend in high school and, like, we went through everything together. So, like, yeah. I've had a very healthy, like, exposure, whatever, to, like, relationships and love and sex and stuff. Like, I've had very considerate people in my life. So I feel like mm. that's a privilege to have. And um so I felt very confident in making the choices and it was always, like, on my terms. And, um no, I don't feel much different, which is why when I see the Olivia and Billy stuff – I feel a bit less angry than I do for Millie Bobby Brown. I'm like, with that, I'm just like, that makes me feel physically sick. But um, with the other girls, I'm kind of like, meh, your choice. Like, you're over 18. Your brain's not fully developed, but like, you know, it's not grooming, is it?
1: Well, this is the thing, like Olivia turned 18 this year, Mm -hmm. only a few months ago, right? So who's to say that she wasn't secretly dating or didn't know this this Adam guy just a few months before that, right? So that's me being a little bit cynical here because you're like, you know, like Millie is 17 years old. And Olivia was 17 at the start of this year. You know, it's it's so, it's such a small gap. Again, mm-hmm. I still stand by the law. Mm-mm, that sounds so gross. That sounds stand like people lives, <laughs> lives matter. Um, But no, but, like, I trust that they've chosen 18 for a reason and, and like, I stand by it, but it can be, there's some grey area and I think we can mm-hmm. admit, like, through your positive experience that it's not the same for everyone. I've definitely had friends in my life who, are similar to you or friends who in hindsight feel really icky about past relationships where there have been age gap so you can't box them like there's no box to just put these yeah exactly in but
0: I think like being with someone when they were 16 like living with them and then live streaming oh, and yeah, while true. drunk to the world is like so different compared to this guy Adam like they've only been dating for a couple months so she was over 18
1: That we know of. True. That we know of. That we know of. But no, you're right. Millie was 16. I forgot. Yeah.
0: So it's like being what? In year nine, year 10 versus like finishing high school. That's like a big mental gap, I think.
1: I was 16 when I started year 12. So was I. I actually graduated when I was 17. Me too. Me too. Ah, Why you when I was 17? No, it's just because I'm in uh, February. So it's like a weird, Um. weird little gap for us early in the year. Mm, there you go
0: so from his like groveling apology it seems like the lawyers are coming for him and <laughs> you know he was like i've made mistakes i shouldn't have said that blah 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 blah. like too late buddy so um we hope that justice is served for millie and that she can move past this and wish well, she will let's protect like younger girls because we do not want another hillary duff slash you know Lindsay Lohan slash Brittany you know there's so many examples which is so sad but yeah mm-hmm. it shouldn't be a thing anymore in your isolation slash lockdown what have you been
1: reading listening to enjoying this week Oh, yes. So yesterday, yesterday's highlight was a planned, like, movie watching with Tom. So we, like, FaceTimed each other while, like, being like, three, two, one, press play on the same streaming service. Um. And I am so excited to recommend this to Culture Club. I love how I haven't even said what it is yet. But it is a TV show, Starstruck on ABC, iView. Not to be confused with this like Disney, (laughs) Disney Plus TV show that's like... Very much Disney. Um, like that is not what I'm recommending. So, Starstruck is written by and stars New Zealand comedian, writer, and actor Rose Matafeo. And this is such a good TV show, guys. Like, this is literally (laughs) what I love in a TV show. Like, I can't contain myself. It's super feel good and it is like very funny and it's a rom com, you know, my favorite things. So, it follows the life of Jesse, a millennial who lives in East London. On a drunken New Year's Eve night out, she hooks up with a hot South Asian guy who turns out to be a really famous actor that she just did not know in her like blindly drunk state. So watching this with Tom, he pointed out that it is like Notting Hill, but gender reversed um Mm. and yeah I do love it it's only six episodes and they're 20 minutes long each and I'm halfway through the season trying to kind of space it out so I can enjoy it for a little bit longer I definitely would have binged it in one night I um otherwise It's genuinely such a great show. Like it's very smart, sharp and quick. I feel like Rose is such a talented comedian and her sense of humor really like aligns with mine. And if you don't know, on our Instagram, we like post our recommendations each week and give them like a star rating. And this one like hands down gets a five star rating. I just love it. It's exactly what I needed in lockdown, I think as well. And lucky for you Australians out there listening, it's available to watch on ABC iview for free um, for at least another two months. They usually take down shows and stuff. So, like, I don't know, just get in there and watch it before it's too late. But, yeah, that's my recommendation.
0: I really want to watch that. That looks so yes. good and I love shows that are like 20, 30 minutes long because my attention span is shot to hell. So um,
1: <laughs> that's good. I will definitely get onto that. Good. Enjoy it. Like it's just so fun. <laughs> I need more people to talk about it. No one's talking about it. Sorry. <laughs> anyway, what are you recommending today? While I'm on ABC ivy watching
0: Starstruck, I would also recommend Misrepresented with Annabelle Crab, which is also on ABC iView. Have you heard of it? No, but I like Annabelle Crab. It is a documentary series about women in Australian politics. So, 100 years after Australia elected its very first female parliamentarian, this documentary features archive footage and most of the show is taken up with talking heads, um, with female politicians of all parties and ages as it follows our gendered history. I found myself getting really angry a lot of the time, but it was also so fascinating to learn more about our history and like hear our history through women's eyes who actually there, you know, there's Footage from politicians who have already passed away or older politicians who were like young in the 60s, 70s, who I probably may have got taught about in school, but I've forgotten it now. Um, so I think it's great to hear their perspectives and realize how far we have to go, but also how far we've come. Like, one thing that stands out is when I think it was like, just under 100 years ago, maybe even less than that, 80 years ago or something, when women started joining politics. There were no women's toilets for, like, year. Like, it took literally until wow. the 70s to get a female toilet mm-hmm. in Parliament. Isn't that insane? So the episodes are super engaging. It feels like five minutes, but they are also only 30 minutes each. And, like... What you were saying, it's also free on ABC iview for Australians to watch. And I'll just play a little snippet now, just a little sneak peek. This is Greens Senator Sarah hanson young and former Liberal MP Bronwyn Bishop speaking to Annabelle. Some of the concerns were things like, but are you really tough enough for this? Politics is really tough
1: game. You know, you're a young woman. The insinuation, of course, being but you're not up to it. You're too vulnerable, too emotional. I had a male preselector ask me, Mrs. Bishop, New South Wales has never had a woman senator. Why should we have one now? And I said, because you want the best person for the job. They chose a bloke, but I didn't go away.
0: So there you go. That's something that I really enjoyed this week and I want everyone I know to watch it.
1: Oh, amazing. I love that you always pull through with educational content um, (laughs) that seems like worthwhile. I'm just sitting here being like, damn, I just like – You know, talked about like a Notting Hill esque TV show, and you're coming through with this like Australian female politics thing. But no, it sounds very good. It's called Balance. Balance, baby. That's what you get on Culture Club. Thank you again for tuning in to another episode of Culture Club. We loved having you here with us. If you loved us too, we always sound so needy at the end of our episodes, but um, we'd love it if you left a little review or rate on Apple Podcasts. It really helps us out a lot.
0: Apart from that,
1: we will see you on Instagram. Bye. Bye Bye.